Hour. I'm your host, Ricky, here with my co-host as usual. What's happening, Michelle? What's happening, Ricky? Not too much. Not too much. Go ahead and get it out. Yep. I mean, we do have a lot to cover, but I want to I wanna address your heat ticket. How are you feeling? How do you feel that you didn't hedge it? Ricky, talk to us. Let's have a therapy session on this Tuesday morning. What is there to say? What is there to say? It hurts. It's painful. But you know what, Michelle? I'm proud. I'm proud of my heat. Those boys fought. Nobody thought they were even going to make it out of the damn play-in tournament. No one thought they were going to beat the Bucks. The Celtics. And the list goes on. The Knicks. It was a hell of a run. I, one thing I will say, full transparency, I thought I was walking away with at least 10 grand when the Heat made it to the finals. I really did. Like mentally, I thought I'm going to find a way to hedge this ticket and I'm going to make at least like eight to $10,000. Instead, I have, I have officially lost 100 on this ticket. Which isn't the worst thing in the world, Ricky. Exactly, because as much as it feels like at this moment I lost 21 grand, I lost 100. Not bad. Did you uh, break the news to your wife? We all know she wanted to go on that shopping spree. Michelle, she is not happy. Yeah. Let me tell you that she is not happy because we talked about the hedge situation. She, her big thing was she wanted to like come out at least like even or on top with our NBA, um, like all of our bets because mm-hmm. we were like down like two units. So she was like, let's just not lose money. Good old Ricky lost it. Found a way to lose it. You better go home with some chocolates and flowers, Ricky. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it is what it is, Michelle. It is what it is. We move on. We do move on. Before we move on from the NBA, though, is there anything you want to talk about to wrap that up? Um, just if anyone didn't see the game, final score ninety-four to eighty-nine. The Heat had it. For most of this game, um, you know, just – I don't really even know how to sum it up. There was a play at the end with Jimmy Butler where he turned the ball over. That kind of, like, gave me the dagger to the heart. But my my concluding notes were just that this offense couldn't get it going in this series. 34% from the field, 25% from three-point range yesterday. They just didn't have enough. No. Had the heart, but didn't have enough. So go get Damian Lillard, and you're right back next year. I love it. I love it. So before we move on from the NBA, we got a request in the Instagram box for us to do on this segment. So you you up for a little activity today? Sure am. All right. They want to know who your dogs are, Ricky. They want you to make an NBA team, not of dogs like underdogs, but like heart dogs, like a Jimmy Butler. Okay, okay. So you've got two guards. So an all-dog team. All-dog team. Okay. So let's do two guards, two wings, one big man, and one bench player. I love this. And what I would also like to do is hear some of the listeners. Send them in to us on on Instagram. I want to hear your dog teams as well. 
we have a little uh, little prize for the top dog team. We'll post know. them too. Maybe we could post some of them. But yeah, um, let me start with mine because I I did put a little thought into this. All right. For my guards. First, I'm going with Marcus Smart from the Boston Celtics. He's been a dog since college. Anybody who watches the NBA knows the way Marcus Smart plays. Guy's a winner, Michelle. Guy's a winner. He's he's one of my guards for sure. Second guard, I'm going with Damian Lillard. It's time to get him out of Portland, hopefully to Miami or to Philly. But guy's just a winner. Uh, I can't say enough about how much I like Damian Lillard. Never joined a super team, but it's time to get him on one. Absolutely. All right, two wings. Wings. Definitely Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Definitely Jimmy. Um, And I'm also going to go with Anthony Edwards, who might be more of a guard, but I'm going to play him at wing. And Anthony Edwards, Michelle, if you're not familiar, you know the Adam Sandler movie where he, like, goes to – I can't believe I don't know what it's called, but he, like, (laughs) discovers – Yeah, yeah. The Philly one? The Philly one. Yeah. Anthony Edwards is the the trash talker in that movie, but in real life, he's just such a winner. I mean, even going back and looking at the the Wolves Nuggets series, he was he was the heart of that team. All right, big man. This one was a little tougher for me to think about. I'm going Bam from the Heat, and I'm going Bam because I think we saw kind of that. There's another level of Bam. This um, this NBA Finals, like this guy learns how to shoot. I didn't know he could jump the way he jumps. Uh, I mean, sky's the limit for Bam. He keeps getting better. Okay, and you're one bench player. I had it narrowed down to PJ Tucker. Nothing needs to be said. The definition of a dog, and Dylan Brooks, who everybody hates, but I love Dylan Brooks. Um, Who are you taking? I'll, I'll take PJ just because. Actually, I'll take Brooks because he's younger, and I think he brings more than just like I think his game brings more than Tucker. Okay. So that would be my my all dog team. I would expect those guys to to be able to go out and outstrap anybody. All right. Let's uh, let's flip the script. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball here. Okay. Who would be your five? Five player, non-dog team. Non-dog. Non-dog. Hmm, okay. Well, I'll tell you for the... The big would be Carl Anthony Towns. Because mm-hmm. I think he's so talented and the only thing he lacks is he's just really soft in the nicest way. Like, not a dog. Okay. Zion Williamson. Ooh. Could be a dog, but currently not one. Doesn't want to play. How can you make the dog team if you don't even want to play? Pulling a Ben Simmons. Um, for the for the guards, I would go D'Angelo Russell from the Lakers. Once a snitch, always a snitch. He's just not a winner. Okay. Oh, did he win on Golden State? Well, either way. And probably Chris Paul as my other guard, just because I just feel like he either underperforms or gets injured 
in every big moment. Um, and the final guy to complete that non-dog team, I think Kawhi Leonard. Wow, really? Used to love this guy when he was young and on the Spurs. Once, once he left, once he pulled that shit in San Antonio and just like, I don't know, I'm not a fan of the guy. Odd cat too. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that would be that would be mine. All right, well we'll lock it in. If anybody wants to join, you know the best team. Maybe we'll send out a little merch or something. So send them into the Instagram or the email. My final player, too, on the non-dog team coming off the bench is Ben Simmons. Not much needs to be said, but, yeah, I'm making him come off the bench, too, Michelle. What dogs am I forgetting is what I want to know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. You nailed them. All right, let's close the chapter in the NBA and move on. Um, I have been digging into our Instagram and all the messages that come in because it's been a lot lately, which is great. Um, but we were getting a lot of questions on units and the value of a unit and, and like how to decipher a unit. So I wanted to kind of pass this over to you to break it down for everybody. Yeah. So I think something that a lot of, especially like younger handicappers, think we need to get back to just talking about the value of a unit not just understanding what it is but really the value as well okay um even with steady picks michelle a lot of people will chirp about like the half unit plays i know even big john i'm gonna call him out he hates it he hates that the new betting style of steady picks versus the old one and i want to give a little context on this so that other people understand you know the same way we explain it to John so first of all let's talk about what a unit is okay break it down for me a unit is a non-monetary measure of a bet size simple as that the thing is Michelle everyone has different bankrolls so a unit is like a universal way for all betters, regardless of the size of your bankroll, what it really is is it's a fraction of your bankroll, regardless of what that bankroll is. Does that okay. make sense? That makes sense. So when someone asks us how big their unit should be, mm-hmm. how what's a good way to respond to that? So here's a great example. Depending who you ask, a unit is going to be anywhere between 1% to 5% of your total bankroll. And remember, your bankroll is not like what's in your bank account. Your bankroll is what's in your betting account. And when you set that, it should always be an amount that you're okay losing. So for me personally, why this is interesting is I'm a bit more aggressive. I like to play closer to that 5% number for my unit size. That being said a large majority of not just our staff, but a lot of some of the top bettors out there, they'll tell you they play closer to 1%. So it's really just a matter of kind of your risk tolerance within that 1% to 3 or 1% to 5% range. People would probably say my 5% is really high for a unit. Yeah, okay. So going back to like, 
the Big John thing mm-hmm. that I had said. Part of the reason that Steady Picks has gotten away from these like crazy unit plays is because, let's say we put out a five unit play on a game we really like, right? Depending on how someone interprets a unit, they might take that as put 25% of your bankroll on one bet versus if it's someone thinking it's at 1%, it's 5%. So there's such a big discrepancy in the way that these units are interpreted from better to better that it's almost like we see it as better to ear on the side of caution of like, you know, if someone's playing aggressive, let's let them do that on their own. I think that makes sense because I feel like with the write-ups that Study Picks provides, if you agree with it, if it was already a bet that was in the back of your head, but you were you check Study Picks, you could decipher your own unit size. Exactly, and and that's really why units are so popular too, is just because it's a way for all betters to be able to relate. That makes sense. This is a silly question. Yeah. So let's just say my bankroll, I put $100 in. Okay. I bet a one-unit play, it hits, at whatever the, you know, the odds are. Does your one unit now go off of the, your bankroll as of today, after the bet hits? Or does it go off the original? So that's a great question. I think the best thing to do is to maybe every, whether it's every month, every two weeks, whatever, whenever you kind of evaluate your, your betting situation, I don't think it should be like on a bet to bet basis. You know what I mean? Like you don't hit a bet and now you have an $11 unit. That's not what you do. But let's say the month goes by and you're up 30% in your account. Maybe you opt to adjust at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, does that answer the question? Yep. And again, these are just my opinions. I'm no, you know, I don't know the end all be all. I just want to share with what I can and what's helped me. Especially so, Michelle. I think a lot of the handicappers are pretty reckless these days with their units. And I think that's what kind of creates a lot of the confusion as well. Hmm. That's an interesting viewpoint. Like, think about... Uh, you might not be as in tune to it just as someone who uses steady picks a lot, but like to the people who go on like TikTok and Twitter and, you know, all these different handicappers that are touting their five unit plays daily, like there aren't five unit plays on the board every day. So if your handicapper is like pushing big unit plays on a day-to-day basis. Like if the card looks like a five unit play, two, three unit plays and a one unit play on a day-to-day basis, that's like fucked up to me. Yeah. Like that's, but uh, yeah, so. I wish I understood why people would go back to that. Cause like you said, there's no way that that's hitting every day. They may get lucky once in a blue moon, but. And that's why you see, like some of these handicappers will promote like, oh, I'm up 55 units in the, over the last month, blah, blah, blah. And someone who like follows steady picks might be like, oh, well, they're only up like nine units over the course of a couple months or something like that. But what you didn't see behind their 55 unit big month when everything's going right is the fucking train wrecks 
most of the other months. Yeah. And I'm being honest. And anyone will tell you if you bet like that, it's not might. It's not a maybe. You're going to go broke. Like your bankroll is going to hit zero. The variance will catch you and you'll be redepositing. Whereas if you bet the way that, you know, we're encouraging people to bet, you should never be hitting that that ATM machine or that redeposit button within the sportsbook app. You'd have to lose 60 straight bets or whatever to do it. So, yeah, just just can't stress that enough. I feel like this is like one of those topics where it's like every drink you have, every cocktail you have, you have a glass of water. Like it's, you know. I love to, that. I love It's that. a way to maintain and enjoy your night but still have fun. Yeah. And, and not suffer the next day. Exactly. And if you're someone who just wants to be reckless and go through those highs and lows, that's fine too. Like who's to say betting is entertainment at the end of the day. So if, if you want to have those highs and lows, by all means. But if you genuinely, genuinely, ugh, genuinely want to chip your way away and just throw your bankroll, I think this process is better. I agree. Um... Well, that's going to do it for us. I wanted to wrap the show up on one note. Oh, here we go. Michelle, I had a huge swing and a miss on a UFC fight. Irene Aldana. Mm. I was promoting it on the page. Like, uh, we saw. We, saw. we okay. saw. It didn't go well at all. But what people didn't see is I was actually, and, and no one saw it because I was messaging people but I was preaching Charles Oliveira and the reason I was preaching Charles Oliveira is because essentially that was a 50-50 fight I don't care what anybody says that was a 50-50 fight and they were making you lay minus 150 on Benil even if you thought it was a 60-40 fight that was a steep price to pay there's no value there, Michelle. No. There's no value. And people were, I was telling people, it's too pricey. It's too pricey. I'm not touching it. It's Charles or nothing. And I just want to say, another betting tip, I think people out there need to learn to pass on those minus 150s, on the 50-50 fights. They get people killed in the UFC. Because even when they're winning, you're not making enough. You have to hit them at such a high clip. So look at, look at what you have to win percentage-wise at minus 110 versus minus 150. That's what I'll leave everybody with. you got to stay away from those, even if you like it. That's all. All right, the thought for the day. I like it. Um, Steady Picks Radio. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>